G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to Leading the Way, featuring pastor, author, and international Bible teacher, Dr. Michael Youssef. Recently, many gathered at Methodist Central Hall in the heart of London to honour God for using Leading the Way for 20 years in the UK. Along with powerful worship, Dr. Michael Youssef shared a challenging message where many responded to the gospel. Up next, portions of that special evening. And you're invited to praise God for the many lives impacted and be challenged by God's Word on this edition of Leading the Way. Welcome to Leading the Way Live in London. We're celebrating 20 years of ministry in the United Kingdom. Thousands are gathering at Methodist Central Hall in the heart of London for a time of thanksgiving and praise. Featuring a message from Leading the Way President, Dr. Michael Youssef. Music by international worship leader Noel Robinson and the All Souls Choir. Let's together sing. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Well, we live in unprecedented times, certainly in my lifetime, and probably in most of our lifetimes. On July 24, 2021, your Daily Telegraph paper here asked the question, is this the end of the world? And then the article went on to delineate a litany of global events and catastrophes that have taken place. For a different reason and for a different purpose, the head of the United Nations declared that our world is in peril and paralyzed. Now, I just published a new book. The title of the book asks the question, Is the end near? And while the secular and alarmist media spit out all of these negative predictions... In that book, I look closely to what our Lord Jesus Christ said to the disciples in Matthew 24 and 25. Our Lord was asked the question as they sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples were asking regarding the sign of the nearness of his time. Or the signs that are going to take place immediately before his return. And our Lord Jesus Christ gave them six signs in Matthew 24. We are seeing every one of those in our lifetime, just in the last few decades, couple of decades. But this is not what I want to talk to you about tonight. You can read the book. And I'm not selling it. It belongs to leading the way. So, <laughs> But during the height of COVID-19, 
And it was amazing between two closings. My wife and I came here on our way back from Egypt where we recorded for Kingdom Sat a special Christmas service. And we stopped here. And that night, your prime minister was announcing he's going to close the country again. So, so we were here in the very height of it. But we saw fear and panic on the faces of people. Even the masks could not hide that fear. We saw the rise of authoritarianism in many parts of the Western world. People in Sydney, Australia will get arrested if they're found five miles away from their homes. My personal view is very simple. And I, that's going to be the last about my personal view. Everything else is going to be the Word of God. <laughs> I'm always telling my congregation, I said, now, this is my personal view, which means that with $10 will buy you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. <laughs> when I say that, thus says the Lord, it's the word of God. But when I have a view, I say it up front. I'm perceiving two things that are happening simultaneously. That while people who are in persecuted lands... People who are suffering greatly if they convert to Christ are coming to the Lord by the thousands, even I say by the tens of thousands, and we hear from them literally every day at the risk of losing their own lives by family members. By the same token, church people, professing Christians in the West, are turning their back on the faith. So the question is this, can it be, and I'm only raising the question, can it be that God is gathering his elect from every language, every tribe, and every nation? By the same token, as I look the world as a cultural anthropologist, not as a theologian, I see Satan also preparing the world for the coming of his own personal emissary, known as the Antichrist. So, I came here to tell you, about God's prescription for the best place to shelter from the coming storms. I came here to tell you about the place where you can find peace of mind in this coming earthquakes. And while we may not know all of the whys and the wherefores, there is confidence that we can have today. Proverbs 18 10, 11, and 12. The Word of God tells us about that place of refuge, that place of peace, that place of security. There you will have all the peace that you need. There you're going to have the one who's in control of all events, even when things look like it's out of control. There you find a huge contrast in these few verses. A contrast. What contrast? A contrast between the Word of God that gives us, between those who place their hope and faith and strength in Jesus Christ, and those who place their hope in all the wrong things. So let me read that passage for you. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord what? The righteous run to it, and they're safe. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it, to be unscalable wall. Before his downfall, a man's heart is proud, but humility comes before honor. Father, in the name of our precious Lord Jesus, our Redeemer, our Savior, our intercessor who's interceding even now for us with the Father, 
in his name, I come to you asking for the blood of Jesus to cover us, to speak to us, to guide us and to lead us so we can go from one point of glory into another. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to imagine with me two different people. One feels safe and secure behind a fortified tower. The other is behind a flimsy wall with an impressive-looking facade. With that outward impressive facade, they delude themselves into thinking that it is imperitable, that is unscalable wall. First, let me tell you about the strong, powerful, imperitable shelter. As some of you know, now there are a number of names for the name of the Lord in the Bible, Old Testament, and New Testament. First, there is Elohim, the name of the Creator God. And it occurs 2,700 times in the Old Testament and occurs 32 times in the New Testament. He is the strong tower of creation. Then there is the name El, which means the Lord of power and might. And is mentioned 250 times. Then in the book of Numbers, he is the powerful God who brought Israel out of Egypt through his might. He is El. Then there's Elohi. Is a living God who is to be worshipped and obeyed fully, completely. Then there is Yahweh, who is the God of the covenant, which occurs 11,600 times in the Old Testament. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees ahead and provides all of our needs ahead of time. He is Yahweh Rafi, the Lord our leader or our healer. Yahweh Nessi, the Lord is our banner. Yahweh Makadish is the Lord our sanctifier. Yahweh Shalom, He is the Lord our peace. Yahweh Sabaoth, He is the Lord of hosts. Yahweh Tazdikno, He is the Lord of righteousness. Yahweh Shema, He is the Lord who hears or the one who's there. Yahweh Elion, He is the most high God. Yahweh Roy, He is the Lord my shepherd. Everything you need is provided in Him in His name. For good measure, Exodus 15:2, he is Jah. Describe him as God who inhabits eternity. Adonai is the God who's in control of everything. Don't you ever fear for a moment that he has lost control. Or he's worried of sitting there on his throne drinking malanta or whatever else you have for your stomachs here. And saying, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with these people? What am I going to do? They're disobeying me. No, 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 no. He is a God in control. He is Adonai. Which means that his lordship is absolute. And it occurs 300 times. And that is why I chuckle sometimes when somebody says, I made Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I said, he was Lord before you discovered him. <laughs> he is Lord overall. No wonder Solomon, who was the richest man in the world at the time, could say, the name of the Lord is what? Oh, come on now. Are you getting tired? The name of the Lord is? Now you got it. Think about this with me, okay? The strongest building that's built by man can be taken down by siege or by, destroyed by a powerful hurricane. 
But the name of the Lord is strong and indestructible tower. I am fond of telling this story because it really touches me deeply. That in the Welsh-English border, there are a lot of ruined castles there on the border. There are strong towers that were built. One of them they thought was indestructible. (laughs) Uh, Yet now, it's nothing but ruins. In northern Somerset, here in England, there is a rocky crag known as the Barrington Coombs. Around the gorge, there are all sorts of sheep and cattle grazing. There are also some small villages that sort of clung into the hills, into the valleys. One of these villages, Blankton, were named a man by the name of Augustus Toplady. He was a curate. He was a curate serving there. I was a curate back in 1975 in Sydney, Australia. But I'm so glad I graduated from that class. <laughs> One day, while Augustus was walking down toward the coombe, a violent storm suddenly sent him scurrying into, for shelter. He saw a great gorge cut between the towering cliffs, and it looked like a good hiding place for him. And so he looked in desperation, and he saw in the rocky limestone there near the gorge, and there he scurried toward, and he found a place he could barely just stand, not quite comfortably. As soon as he took refuge there, he witnessed how the rain was pouring and how the torrents were coming and thunder was building. And he stood in that tight spot, in that protective space. And there, his soul welled up within him and uttered these words that blessed the Christian community for years and years and years. Rock of ages, cliff for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from the raven's side which flow be of sin double cure. Cleanse me from its guilt and power. As I said, the church has been blessed by those words for many years. In fact, Gladstone, the prime minister, translated it into eloquent Latin. For a long time, every July, people would gather, thousands will come near that spot where Toplady stood the cliff in the rock, and they sang those words, rock of ages, cliff for me. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, the apostle Paul said, that rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) That rock is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the only safe hideaway place for us. He is the only secure protector. He's the only assured guarantee. He's the only indispensable and imperitable tower. His name is our only guarded defense. His name is the only insured place. His name is the only defended shelter. His name is the only wall of fire and hedge of protection for the believer. The name of the Lord is... The righteous run into it and they're safe. Now, I want you to remember this when you start panicking about all of the uncertainties that we are facing and we will be facing. But you notice he did not say, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Everyone runs into it and they're safe. You notice that? (laughs) The righteous run into it and they're safe. Listen to me, please. 
Only those who know the name of Jesus. Only those who love the name of Jesus. Only those who are in Christ Jesus can run into that name and are safe. Only they, in that place of triple lock protection, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. By contrast, in verse 11, Solomon said, those who place their own protection in their own strength, whatever strength for them may be, and several people have different strength and they place their hope in different things, but they're like somebody who's standing behind a flimsy wall or a prop as they do in the movies, and they think they're protected, but they're not. Oh, how they will sorely be disappointed on the day of judgment. How sorely they'll be disappointed in the day of trouble. In the New Testament, it tells us about three different people who have placed their hopes in different things, and they were sorely disappointed. They were devastated because none of these could protect them. One of them came to Jesus. He wanted, really, genuinely wanted to follow Jesus. But because he could not place his total trust in Jesus and not in his net worth, he was devastated. The Bible calls him rich young ruler. Then there is a rich man whose strength was focused, was only on growing of his business. And then there is a third one who is so self-centered, he lived for self, he worshipped self, he cared for nothing about anybody else. Indeed, I want to put a disclaimer here, okay? I just want to put a disclaimer. In this age of popular socialism, uh, I'm sure you have the same thing here as we do in America. Popular socialism and redistribution of wealth, I want to put a disclaimer. <laughs> um, it's another way of saying that those who don't want to work, can work, refuse to work, want to get the money of those who work. That's really what it is. <laughs> you know, the Bible, very clear. The Bible never condemned riches for riches' sake. Listen to me very carefully. But the Bible condemns those who place all of their hope and all of their confidence and all of their security in their wealth. This was the case with each of those three men I'm going to talk to you about tonight. But you know what? I want to stop here for a moment and tell you that also work for nations... When nations like the one adopted me, the United States of America, which I love, that's been blessed of God because of the hard work of the founders and the founding generation. When it begins to be arrogant and conceited and think that their source of their blessing is in themselves, not in the God who blessed them, then their wall of security is easily scalable. I lived long enough to see imperitable financial institution fall overnight. On September 11, 2001, God showed us how our trust in our economic muscles and our economic might can be mocked by a bunch of boys. That's all they were, a bunch of boys who nearly brought the world economic system to its knees. We have experience. Everyone is here today. I mean, within just uh, in the last two years, we all have experienced the imprisonment by a tiny virus that can only be seen through a super microscope. <laughs> in the midst of all this, the Word of God assures us that the name of the Lord is... Yeah. 
the righteous run to it and they are saved. You're listening to portions of a very special event from London's Methodist Central Hall, where many gather to hear Dr. Michael Yusuf teach from God's Word and celebrate the 20th anniversary of Leading the Way's ministry in the UK. So I encountered Dr. Michael Yusuf's um, teachings quite early on in my journey. I'd be driving in my car and I would always sort of have the radio on in the background. And one day I'd heard this sermon and I, I recognised that he had an accent so I was like okay that accent sounds quite familiar and, and I can't remember exactly the message but I just remember feeling really like this man is so passionate about God that this man knows what he's talking about and it was so relevant again it was so relevant to what I was going through I was brought up as a Muslim we grew up knowing Allah as, as our God as I grew a little bit older, I went through um, quite a difficult relationship, emotional and psychological abuse and sexual abuse with that relationship. Essentially my life crumbled. I then just sort of started exploring again. Jesus is the only way to God the Father. I'd watched a message by Dr. Michael Eustace and I'd watch right to the end where they say the salvation prayer. Jesus, I come to you, I receive you into my life, forgive my sins. Very reluctantly, I just kind of said it. I said, okay. But I did feel a strange peace that I'd never really felt before. That Again, I didn't understand what that was or where it had come from. And the weight that what I was carrying on my shoulders, I was carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders my whole life. I relied so much on myself and all of a sudden I felt like I didn't have to rely on myself anymore. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't me doing things in my own strength. He's the only one who can give you peace and joy in this life and forever with Him in eternity. He's the only one who can I give you hope. I utterly appreciate leading the way um, the ministry and Dr. Michael Yusuf's teachings because they've really helped me grow in my faith and they've shown me just how much they reach out to people across the world. God is at work everywhere through this ministry and through Dr. Michael Yusuf's teachings. So I think his teaching resonates with people of the Arab world and Muslims because he's so passionate. And the way he preaches just shows Christ's love and people of all different colours, creeds, races, religions are coming to know the love of Jesus because we are all one under Christ and that's definitely 
been so amazing to see. Take a moment to learn ways leading the way is taking the gospel across six continents in 28 of the world's most spoken and understood languages when you visit ltw.org, ltw.org. Ministry representatives at our call centre can also provide you with direction when you call 1-300-133-589. Dr. Michael Yusuf passionately proclaims uncompromising truth around the world through multiple ministry arms of Leading the Way. Learn more at ltw.org and make plans to listen to more of this life-impacting evening on the next Leading the Way. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.